Welcome to MuggleCast episode 410. I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. I'm Micah. I'm Laura. And we're joined by one of our Slug Club patrons this week, Kayla. Hi, Hi. Kayla. Hi. You are down in Orlando, right? Yes. We're going to talk mainly about news today. We're going to spend an entire discussion talking about all of the nonsense surrounding the recent reports concerning J.K. Rowling's comments on Dumbledore and Grindelwald. This is an interview that we spoke about on the show a few weeks ago. We actually did it in Bonus MuggleCast over on Patreon. But then just last week, another website wrote about it. And their tweet about it went viral for all the wrong reasons. And it just got out of control. So what we want to talk about today is what the heck is going on with Harry Potter fans these days. People are really treating J.K. Rowling poorly. And we're going to be very positive towards J.K. Rowling. So if, if you're a hater, you might not like what we have to say. Although if you're a hater, I don't know why you would be listening to MuggleCast. But we're going to talk about that. We're going to spend a lot of time talking about that because it's an important discussion. We're worried about what's going on in the fandom. And we have some other news items to discuss. But first, Kayla, let's get your fandom ID. Tell us your favorite book, movie, Hogwarts House, Evermorning House, Patronus, and your favorite post-Potter fact revealed by JKR. Actually, hold on. <laughs> In your radio voice, please do all of what Andrew just said. Oh. <laughs> Kayla works for NPR, and she was demonstrating her NPR voice. It was very impressive. Thank you so much for, for saying that. Also, donate to your local public radio station. <laughs> um, but do I actually have to answer all of that in my NPR voice? No, no not if it distracts to. you. Let's just, yeah. I, I put a joke into my notes that I realize isn't funny now, but uh, uh, <laughs> about my favorite book, which is a, a copy of Cursed Child, but in flames because <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. I saw one of those uh, Pinterest demos of how to make like a storage thing out of a book you know where you haul out the pages and I thought that'd be a perfect way to use my copy uh but my favorite <laughs> book is I think Order of the Phoenix not that you should ever tell someone we only read one Harry Potter book because that's an atrocity but if you were gonna pick a book that kind of represented like the perfect combination of things for me that I love about Harry Potter in one of the seven books it's Order of the Phoenix it's like whimsical and there's those mind-blowing devastating things that you learn and and it's an intolerable protagonist yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and it's like kind of getting pretty dark but it's not like quite as heavy as the seventh book on movies it's the first or the third Sorcerer's Stone Honestly, is kind of my regular choice, but Prisoner of Azkaban is always a close second because Gary Oldman's the best. The first one in seriousness is more like, for me, it's really nostalgic, and I also feel like it's the most book accurate. I'm in Gryffindor, if you can't tell by my <laughs> um, forwardness, whatever we'll call this. Per- you're, yeah, thank you're very you. bold for Ilvermorny. I don't get it, but I think it's Wampus. Set them the meow warriors. meow. The yeah, warriors. That's that's right. I know it's the cat, so I was very down. They are fighters. They are bold. They are... Oh, so... That, okay. Yeah. I know I read it, but it was a lot. And my Patronus is a gray squirrel. <laughs> I'm sorry. That, which I hate, okay? But, like, all my friends think is perfect, which makes me hate it more. <laughs> <laughs> I have a really hard time picking a favorite post-Potter fact. Not only have there been some cool ones, but... 
living in Orlando, I have an annual pass to Universal and Islands of Adventure. And I feel like that experience has become a large part of my post-Potter world, if you will. And if you could ask J.K. Rowling one question, what would it be? I remember reading the fifth book. And at the end, she alludes to like this curtain, which I know is old news, but this is what I... I can't let go. So where I'm at. Yeah. The tantalizing hippie bead doorway to the afterlife or whatever. Right. And like, she leaves me in like whatever age I was thinking like, well, Sirius Black's definitely coming back. And also anyone else you thought was dead, like maybe not. I don't know. And then like, not only did that not come back, like I don't get zombie serious, nothing, but like it just isn't brought up ever again. Yeah. To be yeah. honest with you, back in like the OG days of MuggleCast before book seven came out, I was convinced that the Department of Mysteries was going to have some integral role to play in the outcome. Nope. Yeah. yeah. No. It never yeah, learned I, anything more about it. It's uh, a mystery. It will remain in the Department of Mysteries. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's so, it. You got oh. oh yeah, there you go. It's a mystery because it's in the Department of Mysteries. That's if we answered it, it would it would have to be taken out. So let's move on to some news. This happened a little over a week ago. The Goblet of Fire Illustrated Edition cover was finally released. Yay. Part one. No, Eric, I'm sorry. <laughs> All in one book. The cover's pretty cool. It has Harry fight, fighting the Hungarian horn tail during the Triwizard Tournament. It's a very detailed cover, and the front leaks over to the back side of the cover, and it looks like the uh, dragon's tail was just on fire. Very beautiful. They also released a few illustrations from inside the book, including Harry and Cedric in the maze. The campgrounds of the Triwizard Tournament, the Mer people, Dumbledore pulling Harry's name out of the fire. Calmly. (laughs) (laughs) He looks surprised in it. Uh, Looks like a, a letter with a ton of stamps on it. The illustrations are just freaking gorgeous oh molly weasley in the kitchen too these are my favorite previews that i've ever seen for an illustrated version the burrow thing that you just said andrew the the kitchen Mm -hmm. shot looks amazing it does Mm. agreed i really like the uh quidditch world cup shot a lot just looking at it on amazon right now don't take this as a gospel but it says it's going to be 464 pages Wow. That doesn't Wait, seem that long, does, does it? That, no, that doesn't how that hmm. Well, that okay. it makes perfect sense. If you does do the, it? I'm sure yeah, because the bigger text and the bigger pages, like Yeah, but more illustrations. So this will be out later this year. Pre orders are now available. I think it's safe to say that the illustrated edition series is one of the bright spots in the Harry Potter fandom right now. Everybody just loves these books. And it's thrilling to watch each of them come out. Mm. So there's no controversy surrounding them whatsoever. Well, unless like Jake, you're only adds to Goblet of Fire. <laughs> or if there's no Sphinx illustration. And well, no Ginny, you know, I keep going on. Get over that. it, Eric. Yeah. <laughs> Harsh. She could very well add to Goblet of Fire if she wants to put in some stuff from Cursed Child. Yeah. About there really being... Uh, grandchildren of Harry there. <laughs> children of Harry. I'm just saying, if you look just above 
in the upper right-hand corner above those... What is that emblem? I don't even know what that is. What's, what house that's supposed to be. To, to the right of the entryway where Harry is standing, that looks a lot like Scorpius and Albus just sitting there in the front row. Oh, my I, God. I'm, I'm just saying. That is a great theory to start spreading because... You're right. It's a blonde guy and a dark hair guy, and we're and talking their about kind misinformation. Of we're talking about misinformation <laughs> You're and, right. and the news. spread of it, the Fake rampant news. spread of it. How irresponsible! You're right. So, in some other news, Universal Orlando finally revealed more details about Hagrid's magical creatures motorbike adventure. And Micah, you went to an event in New York City. I did. I was invited. Um, actually, by Attractions Magazine. So, thank you to them for for the invite to go out and uh, cover uh, this mysterious uh, announcement, which, of course, we knew was related to uh, the ride opening up uh, down at the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. And we heard from Mike West, who is looking at his LinkedIn profile right now, senior director and also executive producer at NBC Universal, uh, And he talked a lot about, you know, some new attractions and hotels that are making their way down to Universal in the next couple of months. But obviously, the thing that we were all there for was Hagrid's Magical Creatures Motorbike Adventure. And thank you for writing that out, Andrew, because there's no way I would remember it. Um, but we got a little bit of uh, of a preview video um, with uh, Tom Felton and Alan Gilmore and then uh, Tom Felton came out, um, kind of hyped up the the crowd a little bit, talking about how excited he is to get on the ride and test it out. And um, they joked around a little bit. Oh well, do you want the motorbike or the sidecar? And and Tom said he wants to go in both. So he's going to. Uh, <laughs> Can he pick one? He couldn't pick Why one. Why does he have he's to gotta be go the ride so multiple fair. times? And he wants to make sure that he's on it um, in advance of everybody else to test it out. But Seems like uh, it's going to be really cool um, for those of you who like roller coasters, but I think also just sort of those action-packed rides. It it does seem like it's going to have a bit of that, you know, escape from Gringotts feel to it, even though it is a roller coaster. It'll get up to about 50 miles an hour. Um, You're going to go deep into the Forbidden Forest, discover the rarest of magical creatures. I'm reading my notes right now from the event. Uh, you're going to encounter Fluffy, uh, Cornish Pixies, Centaurs, Devil's Snare, and a creature that has never been featured in the films. Ooh, what could that be? I don't know, but people are going to be dramatic about it. <laughs> Why do they keep adding stuff after you the books what? and films were released? We've seen, we've seen the Niffler. We've seen baby Nifflers. What about like old Nifflers? Like, <laughs> See... But actually, something you notice here is that these are all Harry Potter series Mm. creatures, not Fantastic Beasts. And I think they're continuing to keep Harry Potter and Fantastic Beasts separate. That said, this is a good way to like kind of nod at Fantastic Beasts because a lot of creatures will be in this ride. Right. Yeah. You know what I just noticed? The apostrophe in Hagrid's is his umbrella on the logo. Oh, <laughs> that is cute. Good, good thinking. Yeah, so it opens June 13th mm-hmm. down in Orlando. And uh, 
sure there'll be something that uh, takes place a little bit before that for some folks to preview the ride, but uh, the Wizarding World continues to expand down there. I am so excited for this. Me too. I love what Universal has done with the two areas that they've designated for Harry Potter and the train that connects them is super, super cool. Um, But yeah, it's like they've got, you know, a couple experiences that are kind of like escape from Gringotts. Um, And then uh, this is going to sound so terrible, but I recently uh, took my friend's son on the flight of the hippogriff ride with me because i had never been on it and i think you have to have a kid so it's terrifying he's like also like are you kidding me it was so fun it was so it's like an old school roller coaster it's super fast you like kind of jolt around in the seat so fun i taped it on my snapchat last time it was incredible yeah and you were able to fit it in a snapchat video because the ride is like 10 (laughs) seconds long one more story to talk about today just really briefly i wanted to mention this um, we were talking about WBCEO Kevin Sujihara a few weeks ago because he had commented on the situation with Fantastic Beasts 3, and he had also said that Wizards Unite, that new game, is going to be out this summer. Well, he has now left Warner Brothers um, because... Well, due to an unrelated uh, issue. An unrelated issue. He was having, let's say, relations with an actress in exchange for helping her get roles in movies. And a bombshell report came out of the Hollywood Reporter and leaked text messages and a lot of details came out. And uh, he tried to stay at the company, but then WB started an investigation and then he quit. And another reason I bring this up is because of note to Harry Potter fans, J.K. Rowling has credited him and him only for bringing the Fantastic Beasts film series into existence. She said in 2014, quote, When I say he made Fantastic Beasts happen, it isn't PR speak, but the literal truth. We had one dinner, a follow-up telephone call, and then I got out the rough draft that I had thought was going to be an interesting bit of memorabilia for my kids and started rewriting. So he's the reason we have Fantastic Beasts today. He's the reason MuggleCast is back. (laughs) Bye, Kevin. (laughs) Do you think that this smears the Fantastic Beasts series that this happened? Because I don't think it's necessarily related. Like. I don't think it does at all. It's an unrelated issue. I do wonder how J.K. Rowling is feeling about this because if if she credits him for bringing, you know, getting Fantastic Beasts going and now he's not there, maybe he was like a mentor or something to her at the studio while she's been working on these films. I don't know. Maybe she's a little um, bummed. I think it's I think it's sort of problematic. Like we did recently get a lot of flack over our social media channels for Johnny Depp. For, for reasons we're not going to be talking about necessarily, uh, some new information came to light and people were saying, oh, we were so bad to Johnny Depp without having all the facts. So, you know, this Sujihara situation, um, we've said what it is. We've said what the Hollywood Reporter has alleged. It was Hollywood Reporter, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, about him and an actress. I think that's probably the extent of what we should comment on until it's in the court system you know and all that just to avoid similar comments about johnny depp i I don't think we need to discuss this ever again actually i mean he's gone bye no (laughs) i just wanted to mention it because we've touched on him recently yeah 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 yeah. apart from that it's not really relevant (laughs) so yeah but another one bites Um, the me too dust yeah i mean i kind of like personally agree with you guys but i think 
like in a more overall optics kind of way that like this could become a problem if it's not like it has to be a long response or even a response that takes a side. But if there's zero response from like the JK Rowling camp, I think that could potentially like become a problem because no matter where we fall on like the Johnny Depp side of the argument and it doesn't have to be into discussion, but many people in the fandom would say that her response to that was lackluster. So I think like if she were to be perceived as kind of not even responding to this at all, that by that group of people, like this could really kind of become like a one, two punch sort of problem. Like condemning it. Yeah, but not even, I mean, it doesn't even have to, like, fully, that's why I'm like, the state, like, she doesn't even have to fully take a side, but I don't think it's, like, a wise PR or optics move to, like, not address this at all. By the way, Juliana, who is listening live at patreon.com slash mugglecast right now, she says regarding our Hagrid ride discussion, I heard the creature we haven't seen in the films is the blast-ended Scroots. <gasps> Gross, but amazing. That's you know what, I think idea. I heard that, too. And that's Ooh. very Hagrid. When you when you think yes. of Hagrid, yeah, um, yeah, and we'll be able to buy You're a stuffed right. animal. I'm sure if they're not oh for sale gosh. already. What if it's like a two ended puppet? <laughs> <laughs> what like you and your friend put your hand in each side? Yeah, and then... like you and your bestie together make a blast ended screw puppet. That's cute. Uh, I was thinking yeah. of like a Chinese finger trap or something, but it's a oh, screw and it's gooey. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I was with you till you got to the gooey. I was like, that could be cute, but no. Yeah, screws. Speaking of Patreon, just want to say congrats to our March Patreon giveaway winners, Haley, Mackenzie, Shyam, Ashley, and Woo-hoo! Sabrina. They won the Crimes of Grindelwald combo pack on uh, DVD and Blu-ray, and they get the extended edition as well. It's all there. Speaking of Patreon real quick, I w- this is about the time of year where we begin to work on sending out physical things. The album art next round we mentioned recently is coming out uh, and your physical gift. We're at work hard, all of us, to come up with uh, the stories around that. It's never been a better time or ra- right around now is the time where we ask that everybody verify your address on patreon so if you are a patron of ours please go the extra mile log into patreon.com and make sure that the address on file is your current mailing address so our main discussion this week is the situation with jk rowling and these recent headlines about uh, her revealing dumbledore and grindelwald's relationship people have really blown this out of proportion eric i know you have been really on top of this i saw a viral tweet from you i saw an article on mugglenet when was the last time you wrote an article on mugglenet it's been years (laughs) but this drove you to put pen to paper oh i know it was kind of a a a good result of a bad thing but I, i i just had to get my feelings out there, I knew we were recording early in the week, too, for MuggleCast, um, but I still, it was not quick enough. I had to get out that the article that everyone was getting so upset about was a huge misquote of the article itself. And you know what? The the article, which was written on Complex, which seems to be kind of like a news gossipy column to begin with, like exactly the sort of place you'd find a clickbait headline, has uh, the full transcript, the full actual quote in its article 
And people were still just reading the headline, apparently, and seeming to use that as their full 100% source of information on this latest controversy. So I just saw all of the, the controversy, all of the memes that were coming out of this latest thing. And it, and it, you know, I'm here for a good meme, kind of like what you tweeted, Andrew. Like, I'm here for that meme as much as the next guy. But when it comes from like, this this misquoting that was probably a little bit malicious on the part of the the person doing it like it's it's ultimately not the best yeah i was really getting the vibe this time that people are angry at jk rowling and people seem to actually believe that she had gotten into graphic detail or something yeah and that couldn't be further from the truth so this is what we want to talk about today just how the internet has been treating jk rowling recently and uh, what what we as fans want from her, and where we go from here. Just to remind everybody, here is what J.K. Rowling said on The Crimes of Grindelwald, Fantastic Beasts, special features on the Blu-ray. <clears throat> Their relationship was incredibly intense. It was passionate, and it was a love relationship. But as happens in any relationship, gay or straight, or whatever label we want to put on it, one never knows really what the other person is feeling. You can't know. You can believe you know. So I'm less interested in the sexual side. Less interested in the sexual side. My she doesn't em- say it twice. My, my emphasis. Okay. Though I believe there is a sexual dimension to this relationship, then I am in the sense of the emotions they felt for each other, felt for each other, which ultimately is the most fascinating thing about all human relationships. Uh, so that was the quote. And then Eric, as you I feel said, like I should NPR voice this and make it. <laughs> value neutral so that we can have a fair discussion about it npr voiced the complex article headline that i just highlighted jk rowling reveals dumbledore and grindelwald had an quote incredibly intense sexual relationship <laughs> thank you <laughs> dun, 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 dun. my take on the complex headline is that it is an irresponsible and malicious misquoting to generate clicks which is which is what it did. But my take on the quote itself, J.K. Rowling is saying that she's interested in the emotions, that there, you know, it's it's a complex thing. Any relationship, gay or straight, whatever you want to call it, is is complex. But she also is saying there was a sexual component. I think that's in direct, you know, kind of response to a lot of the criticism the film has previously seen which you know we're going to talk about later in the episode but i th- saying that there's a, that there was a sexual component between Gr- Dumbledore and Grindelwald is ultimate validation i think of of many of the things people were feeling but if she hadn't said that if she had just said that they were really into each other again and not brought up that there was a sexual component, I think people would possibly be even more pissed off and or coming at her for uh, castrating this couple, this gay couple. Um, I think that's a big deal that she needed to say there was a sexual component because if she didn't acknowledge that now, this is sort of the last ditch attempt. I think people were going to say that she took the one gay character and made him basically not gay because He's not gay in the film. Remember all the explicitly gay controversy that happened? It's like that. Right. Micah, what do you think? Well, I agree with Eric that the headline was done intentionally for the reason of getting clicks. There, There's no question about that. Uh, but I think looking at her quote, and you mentioned earlier on in the episode, we had done a bonus muggle cast on this, and I 
said roughly the same thing, which is that the the intensity that she refers to in their relationship, um, I think really was based around their love for power. And I think that we're going to see more of that in the series as it progresses. And her comment specifically that she's more interested in the emotions that they felt for each other kind of leads me to believe that perhaps one person's feelings may have run a little bit more deeper than another's. Mm-hmm. Um, totally. And and that's kind of my take on all this. I don't I don't see this blossoming into, you know, a full blown on screen making out relationship <laughs> in Fantastic Beasts. Damn. I you know, I think was it Heyman or Yates who are quoted as saying, you know, not explicitly gay. I don't see that happening in this series and I think that in this case the media just misquoted J.K. Rowling and blew it extremely out of proportion. Uh, Social media blew it extremely out of proportion. And I think what we'll see in the films is that you're going to have a very intense relationship between the two of them that was really founded over this quest for power, whether it's the Deathly Hallows or, you know, the Obscurus you know, they they want to ultimately ascend to this level of power. And I think that's where, where they really kind of bond with each other. I, I agree with you. I think I also want to echo the fact that this headline just took a little snippet of what she actually said and blew it way out of context and way out of proportion. Um, I think, and we've discussed this on the show before, I think that criticizing some of the ways in which JKR has sort of like retconned her own canon is frustrating as a fan. It is really frustrating to see those things happen, but this was not one of those situations. So on the one, like for one, I think that we as fans have to learn to be able to actually read the full the full statement before we start jumping God, down her yes. throat. God, yes. About things. Um, but secondly, we need to remember our own fandom's history. And really, she didn't tell us anything, you know, in the in the special features that we didn't already know, or at least surmise, right? Like when she talked about Dumbledore. Uh, yeah, like when she talked about him being gay and the fact that he had feelings for Grindelwald, like everything that she said in the in the special features, you could sort of interpret from her previous statements about those characters. So I think what's surprising to me here is one, that a series that created so many avid readers as children these are all people who apparently grew up and are incapable of like reading the whole freaking quote. Um, and secondly, that people who claim to be such super fans don't remember what we already knew about this. Apparently. Yeah. I love that point of view and the way that you thought about that and arrived at that point. And I completely agree. And I had like kind of a similar piggyback thought, which is like, for me, my my issue with this was like when we look at because I think the question of representation in movies and in the stories we love is a way bigger conversation than 
we're going to have here or yep. then even is going to be had within just Harry Potter. You know, it, representation isn't just a conversation to be had within Harry Potter. But for me, and kind of why I say piggybacking off what you just said, which is so brilliant. Like, I don't, ugh. so yeah, we've all read these books. Like, and so on film as well, but in the pages too, like the relationship she does acknowledge and give time to on screen and in the books, the straight relationships that we pretty much always see in Harry Potter. She doesn't establish them through physical sexual intimacy. She really doesn't. Like if you think about Mr. and Mrs. Weasley and like Tonks and Lupin and like the couples you see, even Ron and Hermione, I mean, they share a kiss, but like their relationship is not built on or centered around physical intimacy. Well, sexual intimacy, I guess. I mean, they have that like holding it, but like it's not about that really ever in the in her style of storytelling. So like I could completely understand if every straight relationship that we saw in Harry Potter was communicated with here's sexual intimacy. So, you know, these two people are a thing. And then the one time she has a gay relationship, that's not the case. I could totally understand that, but that's not how this lexicon is. It's just not like she's never painted pictures that way. So for me, I don't understand the outrage. And all of that said, I definitely get the frustration that people express about information about, you know, characters from underrepresented backgrounds being revealed outside of the canon. Um, because it's like kind of frustrating, I'm I'm sure, to think, okay, well, there is somebody who's like me represented in these books, but I didn't know about that while I was reading the books. I got to find out about it because the author revealed it at a book reading, and then I read about it in an article. You know, I I totally understand that part of the complaint. I just don't think that that complaint is really related to this particular issue. And I think all of that is rooted in the fact that people just didn't read what she actually said. Right. So that's, that's the angle I wanted to talk about. I, I actually don't think this has anything to do with the headline at all actually um for in in my uh corner of twitter what i saw was everybody making fun of jk rowling giving us graphic sexual details (laughs) which was just of course (laughs) completely wrong and and it spiraled out of control and i think uh something else that people have been really fed up with even though they're wrong because this didn't happen. Everybody was saying, oh, here goes here goes J.K. Rowling again, revealing information after the books were complete. It was so unfair because she was sitting down for an interview to promote Fantastic Beasts, and this person asked her about Dumbledore and Grindelwald. So yes, she's going to say something about Dumbledore and Grindelwald. And what I want to talk about today is just the, the people have run out of patience for J.K. Rowling, and I hate to say that, say that but following the wizard poop debacle following (laughs) fantastic beast debacle the johnny depp debacle the cursed child plot debacle the random throwing of harry potter facts out on twitter debacle following pottermore everyone uh, not everyone but a lot of fans are just tired of jk rowling 
at just letting out information in seemingly random places. Yeah. But even the poop thing wasn't her. It was Pottermore, and that information was two well, years old. Right, but to be fair, that was actually from J.K. Rowling, but Pottermore just released it randomly on Twitter, and like this, re-released it randomly on Twitter, and like the Complex article, it just seemed so random to anybody who saw a retweet of it that they were like, what the hell? (laughs) There needs to be a clear expectation, though, that she's writing a series that precedes Harry Potter, and it's focused on quite possibly the most notable character in the series after Harry there should be that expectation that you're going to get information that you didn't get in the Potter series. Like people need to be okay with this at this point. Otherwise yeah, don't, isn't don't that... go see Fantastic Beasts. Like what? Yeah. What else do you want her to build the story out of? And here's what I said on Twitter. It, it, why are people so surprised that they had, there had been a sexual relationship? I know a couple of you have just been saying that. But especially because we know that this film series is heading that way. We know that Dumbledore, J.K. Rowling is going to crack open Dumbledore and Grindelwald's relationship on screen. This should not be a surprise to anybody. Let J.K. Rowling do it. Read this interview in full where she says she's not interested in the sexual re- re- angle. I, 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 that part just blows my mind because more than anything... I kept seeing jokes about revealing graphic sexual details about Dumbledore right. and Grindelwald when she explicitly said she doesn't care about that. <laughs> Screw all of you. Ugh. Not you listeners. The, the haters. You know why I see socks in the mirror of Erised? You can do a lot with socks. Yeah. One other thing, though. Did nobody watch the digital version of the movie? Because this article came out like two weeks after that that was released no they're fake fans micah right that's what that's what i'm saying like they waited for the blu-ray to come out for them to write this article meanwhile it had already been released like two weeks prior on digital we real fans we saw it i got the push alert as soon as it was available digitally i watched it straight away i wrote about it on hypable i talked about it on bonus MuggleCast. then complex comes around writes their blu-ray article Get out of here. Three weeks ago called. They want their story back. <laughs> Getting into the social media angle, the clickbaity angle, the everybody is angry angle. That's part of the problem here. Everybody loves making jokes on Twitter about things and, and being extra hateful because you're sitting behind your screen. You have this alternate personality. You can get away with more. But I feel and I think we all feel that everybody was partic- was extra harsh towards J.K. Rowling. People seemed really fed up and one thing we wanted to discuss today is how did we get here why are some fans out of patience for jk rowling and just to do a, a brief recap it really started back in october 2007 yep. <laughs> when, JK, when jk rowling revealed at new york's carnegie hall that dumbledore was gay and of course, by the way, this was before Twitter and social media really blew up. So people couldn't be outraged back then. They're they're catching up now. I remember yeah. the phone calls. I remember the cell phone calls I got that day. I was oh, in I Australia. Australia. <laughs> people still called you I was in Australia. They had to call like collect like like international <laughs> to get a hold of me, but I still heard about this. <laughs> like I like on the corner of the earth, I still knew this was a thing. That's where this all stemmed from though because jk rowling as laura mentioned started retconning right there was when she started oh yeah dumbledore 
I actually always saw him as gay. Now, look, I'm glad she said that. There was really no place in the Harry Potter books for getting into Dumbledore's romantic history. But in Fantastic Beasts, there will be because his interest in in Grindelwald plays into the story. Very importantly. Especially with this blood pact thing. Mm -hmm. Which, who knows what you have to do to be able to do that. So complex with like painting their relationship. Um, Something I wanted to bring up about this specifically. So, Andrew, you, me, and Micah were actually at that reading when J.K. Rowling announced that she had always seen Dumbledore as gay. And I think it's really important to paint a picture of the time that that happened in. Because when she said that, people weren't pissed. The theater erupted in applause. People leapt to their feet and were cheering and clapping. Because this was a time when gay rights were very tenuous, if not non-existent, in this country. We had no idea that we would be seeing gay marriage legalized within just a decade. And so many members of the Potter fandom are gay. So I, while I totally agree that retconning to like include um, diversity as sort of like, um, like a backfill, that is a discussion we should be having because it is problematic. I think we also have to look at it in the context of the time when it happened, because attitudes towards gay people now are extremely different than they were in 2007. And I know that sounds weird to say because it hasn't been that long, but it's true. Absolutely. I remember... 12 years ago. Yeah. I mean, I remember when... What am I trying to say here? I mean, I, I, I read an article that said, like, after the standing ovation that she got after announcing that, she said, if I'd have known you liked this so much, I would have said it sooner. Oh, yeah. That's true. <laughs> which which that part's like, OK, but would you have, uh, you know, kind of a thing. But but I question your usage of the term retcon, because I don't know that this is a retcon. Andrew, you said this wasn't really Dumbledore's story to tell in the first seven books. I think it is at least like, do we not agree it's alluded to in Deathly Hallows at all? Dumbledore's feelings for Grindelwald? Because like, at least it's there a little bit. I can't remember what I was thinking at the time, to be honest with you, when I was reading that book. But I, I that came as a surprise to me. I think it's hard to kind of judge that question. Because, okay, when we first read that seventh book, we didn't have her post-Potter, um, you know, re- revelation. So... You know, it's like now that you know, because like, I kind of feel the same way. Now that I know that, I'm like, oh, yeah, that kind of seemed obvious. But like at the time, I wasn't even thinking. Honestly, I wasn't even thinking about it. Reading Harry Potter, it never occurred. Like I never once was like, does Dumbledore have a girlfriend or a boyfriend? I don't know. I was just like, he's a crazy, magical wizard running Hogwarts. Like he doesn't got to- like I literally not even wondering about it. So I think, yeah, that's an interesting question of like, I don't know, did I know when I read it? Or do I just think I knew now? Because it come like, oh, I can see that. Think about LGBT representation in 2007 in media, like, it was pretty much non-existent. So I think that's another reason many of us probably weren't thinking about Mm -hmm. it, because it's just not something to expect. Yeah. Well, I think like, 
a lot of the things we talk about in the post-Potter world can kind of be, and because I think about this often where I'm like, you have to remember when she was publishing these books, she had no idea that this is what it was going to become, that we would be here now in 2019 doing a podcast about Harry right. Potter. And like, I don't know about you. I'm 31. I don't want to speak for everyone and be like, we're in our we 30s. Are. But like yeah, people in our 30s are doing a pod. Yeah. We're doing a podcast about Harry Potter. Like she, I don't, and that's not to say, like, I don't mean to say that it still wouldn't have been valuable to, like, see yourself, or, but it kind of, it's not Dumbledore's story in the books. It doesn't really fit in if she just started randomly talking about his, she doesn't tell us about McGonagall's sexuality or anyone else's who's at Hogwarts or Fudge or, you know, right. any, I don't, so, like, it would be, you know, so I, you have to, like, I think about this again often. You have to kind of give her credit for like, you know, she had no idea that she would now have to be answering for like, well, what about this about Dumbledore? Give me all these details about every character's backstory. I'm like, she had, you know how many people put out books as like authors like her when they started who had like nothing to their name and just kind of like hoped like at least their mom would buy a copy, you know, like she didn't know. I had a thought this week that... I thought it was one of the craziest thoughts. I'm glad I just remembered it when listening. But um, book seven was so much about uh, making Dumbledore a, a, a flawed character. Dumbledore, the mentor character whose death at the end of Half-Blood Prince is so tragic. And book seven's really about deconstructing him, almost criminalizing him in Harry's eyes because he's the, the, the flaws oh, revealed. Yes. So if J.K. Rowling had revealed that he was gay canonically directly in the books, not alluded to it, but straight up just Rita Skeeter wrote, he was a, you know, pejorative term for gay man uh, in the book. And it turned out to be true. Would that not then be seen as, uh, you know, a huge uh, JK Rowling being very against the gays? If it had been shown that. Yeah. yeah it would have like cheapened it. Like, really? This is how we're going to include it as the guy that everyone's calling like a liar and was a also gay like, yeah so i'm wondering if it wasn't the best possible situation for it to have come out close enough to the book release what three months after but yeah i don't know february 2014 rowling had said she regretted pairing ron and Hermione. she didn't say that she said she used the word regrets she didn't then why is it in the doc is regrets didn't you write this down because the wonderland <laughs> article got taken out of context and somebody added the word regrets to headlines around the world and that was the issue she said that uh perhaps it was wish fulfillment for her placing hermione with ron and that in retrospect the relationship may not have worked this was where she was interviewed by emma watson but she did not specifically say whether or not she regretted doing it she simply was acknowledging that ron and hermione would have needed to work on their relationship a little bit harder as time went on from the battle of hogwarts so that was this this article reminiscent or this complex article headline being taken out of context incredibly intense sex relationship so there's no issue with jk rowling it has everything to do with the media people can't read what she or 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 listen to what she says and then interpret it properly in their writing that's the issue that is definitely part of it this was the biggest story i mean the wonderland article up to that point seven years after outing dumbledore was the closest thing to a news story of that size and magnitude since the outing of Dumbledore, which is why it's in this timeline. She also cleared up Aberforth in that uh, 
Carnegie Hall appearance, but I didn't see any articles about that. I'm just saying. (laughs) (laughs) Right. What did she say about Aberforth? And I mean, it was always really suggestive what she said about Aberforth. That's true. That was more suggested in the series. You're right. Yeah. But also, like, where where was the article being like J.K. Rowling makes reveals about an intense sexual relationship between Aberforth and goats? (laughs) Nobody's talking about that. Laura and Micah, why don't you write a news article about it right now for MuggleNet? Breaking news. Uh, Just act like it's new. Everybody will fall for it. For some reason, I don't think MuggleNet would want me to write an article for them. Isn't that the the question where she answered it with uh, asking the age of the questioner? Yes. Like somebody somebody asked like... A very nice young girl who asked the question. I mean, we're talking probably maybe the most was 10 years old. Oh my god! And so, J.K. <laughs> well, she's Rowling. twenty the third. She's twenty two now, so she can take it. Any information? Yeah. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling twenty two. <laughs> so, in June twenty sixteen, there was controversy over Black Hermione, but I think the bigger controversy was just the cursed child plot. People were like, "Oh my god, how could J.K. Rowling have let something like this be out?" Uh, by the way, though, we all absolutely adore the show. Once you see the show. You're, you're very cool with it. Um, July and August 2016, there was cu- cultural appropriation of Native American peoples in the Elvermorning details. Mm, that was a big huge. issue. And yeah. that was a problem with Pottermore, of, of J.K. Rowling's Wizarding World expanding. And t- to my knowledge, she has not addressed that controversy at all. Like, not even a no. little bit of an. And there were many scholarly articles written about how problematic that stuff was, and it was not touched. And I think maybe we're still seeing the remnants of that when J.K. Rowling fails to, like, mention Overmorny at all in the sequel, or even call it Makuza and calls it the what American Ministry of Magic is they're they're going as far away as possible from any of the stuff she did any of the work she did on North American Wizarding School and I think it's because of the that controversy yep. she just won't address it but the black hermione stuff she went so far as to say hermione was always black or she tweeted uh, like brown no, hair brown she eyes she didn't say she was always black you know what she said: brown hair, brown eyes. What looks no different? To what me, she said? Kind of she didn't say she was white. Is I think kind of what she like. I didn't say what color her skin was. So. Yeah, she never confirmed Hermione's race, and I interpreted that to be that Hermione, her character is not dictated based on her race, so it's fine for an actress of any race to play her because her race is not the central part of the role she serves in the story. One, Completely one of the points I wanted to raise, though, too, is I, I think a lot of this goes back to the fact that if you look at the world that J.K. Rowling created, it's very diverse from a magical community standpoint when you look kind of across that spectrum, but it's not very diverse in terms of how we would define diversity. And I think that now, because of that, there's a lot of catch-up that's trying to be done and she's taking a lot of heat for that and i'm interested to know like what you guys think about that meaning that if you look at her world it's like okay you have werewolves and goblins and half giants and and all these different categories of people or you know what you would consider maybe to be ethnicities of people but from a diversity standpoint it's severely lacking right you you may only have one african-american that really is the standout or two 
um, you know, Asian or I say African American, but like Asian American or, you know, however you want to look at those different groups within the larger wizarding community, it didn't shine through. And I think now what you're having is JK Rowling trying to do more of that as her world expands, but maybe it's, it's not being done in the right way. Or maybe she just, she can't do it. Like, you know, it, it's, it's done, right? The books are written. Like, don't do it for the sake of doing it at this point, because it seems like no matter what she does, she's taking heat for it. There's nothing that she can do. That's not going to get some level of criticism. Right. I think that we're seeing a pendulum swing between two extremes, one of which is like a Harry Potter universe, which is very much lacking in diversity, all the way to the opposite extreme, which is J.K. Rowling feeling pressured to include that diversity. Um, And I think when you get to that extreme of wanting to include diversity just for the sake of saying that something is diverse you end up doing what I call checkbox diversity, where it's like, oh, cool, we've got a black person and we've got a Native American person right. and we've got a gay person. And that doesn't, while I think that the intentions behind that are good, the ultimate impact is bad. Think about how differently people would have perceived the Ilvermorny history and the history of, say, Native Americans as they uh, you know, are sort of involved in this universe. If J.K. Rowling had directly worked with somebody or multiple people of that heritage to make sure that she got it right, that would have exactly. been a different experience altogether. The intention to do that culture justice would have been there, and that would have shown in the work. She's J.K. Rowling. Anyone will take her phone call. Yes. Um, and I, I seem to recall when the Native American stuff came out, leaders of those communities were saying we would have warmly invited her to and yep. and, and 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 asked her and and set sort of our our culture straight and made sure that things were cool. Like if she had only asked, but she didn't. And I was like, well, that's the, on her, very much so. The wizarding world is experiencing growing pains. J.K. Rowling is learning this as she goes along. She's trying to expand. With Fantastic Beasts, she's going to a different part of the world with every movie, starting with Ilbert Morney, and that didn't go well. So now she hopefully is doing her research right. about Brazil and South America. God, I, mean, I hope so. Um, if you think about it, just off the top of yeah. your head, can you name a character that isn't white in the Harry Potter series? Dean, Dean Thomas. Lee Jordan. The kid who says Sirius Black is catching smoke. It's Dude. a very small yeah. group. Exactly. There's Parvati and Padma Patil. But it is it is a very, very small group. I think on the other end of this, though, we do have to recognize that writers write what they know. And J.K. Rowling's experience is that of a white woman. So it's not surprising that many of her protagonists would also themselves be white. As we've established here, people are willing and ready to talk with her and help with these kinds of projects. Um, it just requires collaboration from her, which clearly she's willing to do because she's collaborating with filmmakers and scriptwriters to bring this screenplay for Fantastic Beasts to life. So I think that it's something she could do. And I feel like that's kind of like the productive suggestion that we as a fandom can be making is like, hey, like we're all about 
making this universe more diverse as you expand it, but just make sure that you're including people of those backgrounds in those discussions, because otherwise it comes across as really tone deaf. And just kind of going off of that point too, I think as kind of bad as this may sound to say, it's also about what could sell her books. And I think that, you know, given the time that she was writing it in the 90s, you know, we all like to think that we're this progressive society going back to your point earlier about, you know, there being a, a openly gay character in the Potter series with Dumbledore and, and, you know, J.K. Rowling making that announcement in 2007. I think that there is something to be said for for writing what you know, but also we don't know what her publisher was coming to her with or what other people who were kind of helping that story, you know, come to mainstream telling her what she may or may not need to be doing with, with her characters. Now that's not to say that she shouldn't have been more diverse and open up the world as the series you know, became more and more popular. And she knew that she had seven books to write and she could have written in any characters with any background that she wanted. But I wouldn't be surprised if when she was trying to get Sorcerer's Stone published that the that this may or may not have been a factor. And a lot of people say that this is why we haven't seen a gay character in the Fantastic Beast film series or the Harry Potter's film series because it would it, the movie would be banned in many countries. So in some ways it's a, a money making move. That said, I don't think JKR gives any f's no. about that. No. She'll write the story that she is feeling, not caring that some countries might cut out some scenes. No, I think I don't know. I feel like my my big takeaway at the end of this discussion is that people need to read diversity, diversity and representation in any universe, especially a universe that's created by a white person, is a lot more complicated than I think most people want to admit on both sides of the issue. Like the answer can't like it can't just be this binary thing where it's like you either have it or you don't. There has to be a degree of nuance in how you consider these things because these would then be characters that hail from ethnicities and and backgrounds that are very real and and grounded in the world that we live in. So it can't just be like Harry Potter has characters of color or it doesn't. The conversation's a lot more complicated than that. Love the point that Laura was just kind of making. And I think sort of on that vein and, and almost kind of back to the discussion of like the fandom in general and how we react to JK Rowling and everything and like how we treat her is like, this might not be popular amongst listeners or even amongst you guys, but I think we often forget as fans that like, as much as we love this series and these characters, it's not ours. True. Right. It's not like, so I don't, I think this is a good example of what happens when you listen to a fandom and try to respond to everybody and try to please everybody. And it turns out you don't do any of it well because it's inauthentic and it comes off that way because it's not in your book and it's not, it doesn't fit in as part of the story. You know, a lot of the characters we're talking about that, you know, some of them, like we don't really like, we're like, they're probably white, but honestly it's the story is not really about 
that in the book context anyway. So it's like, you know, when then you get the fandom riled up about, oh, I want to see this represented and this and this and this. I'm not, you know, that's valuable to represent those things. But when you try to check off all those boxes and, and please the fandom in every way, like it comes off as like this mismatch, like mishmash. I would rather I would rather that she tells stories that she's familiar with as an artist because you can't do the opposite. But I think in general, maybe you guys can say yeah. as a sort of a thing here, whether you agree or not, but if, if Harry Potter were written today for the first time, I think it would naturally be a little bit more diverse. Yes. And cer- I think so. Oh yeah. yeah, completely. Yeah. I yeah, I totally so, because agree. that's where the times are, just like what I was saying yeah. earlier. Like yeah. none of us thought about Dumbledore being gay because it was a different time. Well, the knitting patterns, I mean like <laughs> no, but I, my, just to kind of wrap it up from my end, I, I really think that you know you need to enjoy it for what it is. And the Potter series, it's already been written, it already exists, and people are going to want to go back and they're going to want to look at it and and maybe change things as a result. I don't think you do that, uh, you know, and, and I can understand people being offended by certain things that we've discussed here today. Not hopefully we didn't offend anybody, but by certain things that, that have come up. But, you know, J.K. Rowling now is creating this this new story within the same world. And, and hopefully, you know, it can be appreciated no matter what, you know, direction it ends up going in. I, I just feel like you know, going back to the media portion of this, if you're a true fan, kind of to Laura's point, do your research, read up on your own and, and don't just take clickbait as being the gospel and and being true and being accurate because it's not most of the time. And I think that I I actually am more disappointed in a fan community that prides itself on a book series would, would kind of react the way that they have over the course of the last couple of days to what's been put out there, quite honestly. Yeah. Yeah, Mike is not mad. He's just disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) The worst version of the two. No, No, but like, I think, I think those nods, like almost like the casting of a black Hermione, I kind of love where she pointed out like, well, I never said yeah. Hermione's race because it almost made me kind of think like, wait, oh, she, she's right. She actually didn't. But another big issue at play is just because of all the things we've been talking about today the, over this timeline, people are just out of patience right now for J.K. Rowling. And it, it really bums me out. Yeah. And I think what is oh. going to fix it quite simply is one really good freaking movie <laughs> crimes of grindelwald was a yes, breaking please. point for people yes please. really yes. hardcore fans went into that theater and thought what was that so oh, i yeah. seriously believe this jk rowling can win everybody back over with one movie that blows us away that's all it's going to take joe yep. but not another bad movie <laughs> one movie or shutting like, up because like the other thing is like stop messing with my canon if it's not going to be something that i love so either, yeah, give me my good movie or stop tweeting stuff that maybe that's going to make people On my MuggleNet article, I said, uh, if I were J.K. Rowling, I don't know that I'd want to go back on Twitter right now. The The mean spirit of 
these memes that are going around, I would not blame her if she took this 65 or 75, whatever it is now, day hiatus, uh, where while she's either rewriting the third Fantastic Beast movie or whatever the heck she's doing. I would not be surprised if she extended that to an indefinite like hiatus. She's got thicker skin than any of us uh, that are that are on this show right it's now. It's not about how thick her skin is. It's it's. I wouldn't want to be a part of that vitriol. That she that doesn't have to read it. Bullcrap. She doesn't have to yeah. read it. Like she could be active on Twitter and and not read any of the tweets that she's getting. I mean, I'm sure she likes going through and answering questions, or at least she used to. But it, that's exactly the thing. She used to have a really good rapport with us because. But you don't think that she got any sort of negative response at all? when she was going through and doing that previously? I mean, how many times would she troll people who who said things to her? I mean, you could go back and look. I'm just saying, look. we don't deserve answers. When, 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 we, when we support yeah. this crap, we don't deserve... I'm not supporting it. We don't deserve it. as a fandom I'm, to get the answers we I'm want. I'm saying I'm pretty sure that she knows how to handle herself on social media. And yeah, has I, I'm sure she's gotten a lot thrown her way the last week or so. But I'm sure she can handle it, and I'm sure she can still do a fine job of responding to things that she wants to respond to and ignore all the other BS. I think but she wouldn't be the first celebrity to leave, though. I actually agree with Eric. Um, I think this is probably wearing her down because you're right, Micah. She has developed a thick skin. She's also very political on Twitter, and she fights with those people quite often. And quite often, I'm sitting here watching these twitter wars and i'm like why does jk rowling roll in the mud like this i don't really get it but i do think that it is it wears down on you over time and we might be at a point where she's just like you know what i've had enough i mean i also think that we are probably not going to see i can't imagine her committing to another film series after fantastic piece after everything that's happened over the past 12 years i cannot imagine her wanting to deal with this nonsense again no i completely agree I think something also that's kind of I, I think this is all a very unique phenomenon because let's face it, most of the time when books or series like this become like worldwide phenomenons, it happens after the creators are dead. And in our case, we're very lucky that we got to experience all of this in real time with JK Rowling. And along with that, to sort of like the credit of the fandom, she invited the fandom in. Like you're saying this is her fault? No, I'm not saying it's her fault. I'm I'm saying that there's more happening in this sort of phenomenon than just fans yeah. attacking her. And you have to look you have to look at the history of her interaction with the fans. Like all the way back to like before all the books were published, she had her you're website right. and she would hide clues on the website so you could go and find out new things about the books. She did fan interviews with the websites. She sent, like, she wrote a letter to freaking MuggleCast. Like, she's very involved in the <laughs> fan community. And as a result of that, you get the good and the bad of that. I'm not saying that she's deserved what she's gotten over these last few days, but I do think it's just a consequence of the sort of natural relationship that we have with her. And I think part of it is, too, that people... Uh, especially people in our age group, Harry Potter was such a foundational part of our childhood. And I think that a lot of people are responding negatively to what they perceive to be like these sort of retroactive changes 
to what they knew to be true in something that they held so beloved and so dear. I just wish that people would project that passion in a more like positive way (laughs) or a more like productive way than they are. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. So this conversation went in all different directions. Um, Did it? (laughs) Yeah. I want to try to start (laughs) wrapping it up by asking everyone on the panel, what do you want from JK Rowling? And, and let's just try to get through these quickly. I'll start. I want occasional facts thrown out on Twitter. I, because we all like those. We did it for a time. As long as they're not misquoted. Right. Well, if they're coming directly <laughs> from her Twitter account. That was sensational headlines. Right. Like, just the facts. I want yeah. new writing published on Pottermore by J.K. Rowling. We all used to like that stuff. We like when the subheading says, new from J.K. Rowling. I want an occasional Q&A on her website. We used to love those. She has a new website. It's good. She does it sometimes. But do a new Q&A specifically about Harry Potter. We'll like that. I want a well-thought-out Fantastic Beasts 3, 4, and 5. Like I said earlier, number three, if it's awesome, she's going to win everybody back. I'm dead serious. Because after Cursed Child and Crimes of Grindelwald, people are like, eh, I don't know. There's something wrong with the story here. And finally, I want her to grant permission for someone else to adapt the Harry Potter books for television. She doesn't need to be involved at all. (laughs) They can just use... And I'm not saying J.K. Rowling isn't capable of it. I'm saying she doesn't want to do that. Of course she doesn't want to do that. So as let the books be a guide to someone who can who can uh, write for television just use the books as a reference david benioff and db weiss but they're doing star wars (laughs) (laughs) sure i was just gonna say whoever did star wars for disney that's what i want for harry potter i've said that for years i want that that. yeah you know jumping off of andrew's point what i want from jk rowling is just a good movie three Honestly, for the reasons that you already stated, Andrew, I think it it will bring a lot of people back. But I'm not going to ask her to come back to Twitter. I've seen the tweets. I don't. I wouldn't want to come back to Twitter. But I would. I would just hope that movie three is as understanding of what the problems with movie two are as we are being led to believe. Um, so I just want a movie three. I want a movie that I can love, that I can just unproblematically say is my fave. And I, I want that for us. I want that for us, all of us. I want that for us too. I didn't realize it until you said it, but that's really what's lacking. Yeah. What do you want, Laura? Um So I, I would have to echo everything that you and Eric have just said. I mean, obviously, I would really love to see a good Fantastic Beast 3 because Crimes of Grindelwald. Anyway, um, I want to see more Marauders backstory. My feeling here is that we know just based on the context we have from the Potter books that they went through some stuff. And my other point is like Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them is like a 30 page book and somehow (laughs) it's been converted to five movies. So you can't tell me (laughs) that there's not enough Marauders material to give me like, I don't know, like a short mini series on the bbc or like something <laughs> and also rattling around and also a netflix adaptation of the harry potter books i will just throw in here quickly that warner brothers is putting together their own streaming app just like disney is they're all trying to compete with netflix and amazon and hulu i would 
I would I harp on the Harry Potter TV show idea because they would be absolutely insane to not be begging J.K. Rowling to let them do some sort of TV show for the Warner Brothers app. Micah, what do you want from J.K. Rowling? A bleeping encyclopedia. <laughs> Get in line. Filled with explicit content. Is that why that it's bleeping? Is it. I mean, yeah, you, you all have touched on a lot of the stuff that I would probably have said so but i would say an encyclopedia because it's something that we have been looking for from her for i don't even know how many years going back to when she had that old website i think uh it was it was she said it on there too didn't she she's promised it on a version of that this this will be an encyclopedia and then it wasn't isn't it funny how we all used to want an encyclopedia and by the way i still want one but everybody used to want one, and now she releases new information, and everybody's like, oh, more info? No. What do you think the encyclopedia was going to be? Yeah. And Kayla, what what do you want from Joe? Okay, so, well, I echo what everyone has said, especially, like, cohesive finish of this Fantastic Beast story. Um, what I want is old school, and it's my favorite chapter that I so look forward to seeing on screen that I never got to saw on screen, which is in book six, the opening chapter where you see the UK muggle prime minister kind of over the years chatting with fudge and interacting with that painting. I loved that chapter so much for like what it illustrated about the two worlds and how the magical world exists within what we perceive as the regular world. And I was so excited to go see that movie. And not only did I not get that scene, but I got it at the expense of that, like, burrow on fire scene <laughs> where I'm like, these 10 minutes could have told me that prime minister story I wanted so badly. So, um, yeah, well, like, I'm going to go old school. The one thing I want from Harry Potter is my deleted scene from movie six. With Hugh Grant playing oh my the God. Prime Minister, That'd be obviously. So great. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. I thought about it. I was like, I'm so excited to go see this. And then it didn't happen. And I remember like right off the bat, like the movie started and that wasn't the opening scene. And in the theater, I like said to my friend, I'm like, I don't like I'm this I'm done. Movie. I'm leaving. Yeah, I'm like, this is not, I'm not going to like this one. Where's Hugh Grant? Kayla, you will get this from my Harry Potter TV show idea when they adapt everything oh, in the book. Yeah. So I think we'll leave it there. I can see why we made that <laughs> news item a whole discussion. Yep. We'd be interested in getting everyone's feedback. Uh, feel free to call in one nine two zero three muggle That's one nine two zero three six eight four four five three. You can also email us directly, MuggleCast at gmail.com, or use the contact form on our website. We welcome your feedback, and I'm sure we will be talking about this issue that I hope is... Uh, not an issue for too much longer in spurts in the foreseeable future just really quickly i know we asked this question over on patreon uh and i really liked one answer and there was probably more than 40 people who responded but this one really stood out to me because i think we've spent a lot of time in this episode talking about what we'd like to get from joe on top of what she's already given us. And Sabrina said, I feel like Joe has already given us so much already that to keep expecting her to give us more and more and make everyone bitter towards her, I think more people should focus on what she's given us rather than what she hasn't yet. 
There's your yeah. positive attitude towards J.K. Said. Rowling on this episode. Yeah. Thanks, Micah. <laughs> <laughs> I think, well, I've been pretty positive towards J.K. Rowling. Oh, yeah, but I mean, we swung it there as a good closing thing. Yeah. Too. Yeah. I think it. this is just ultimately like, Literary criticism is always a good thing. It's a good thing to do what we do here on this show. J.K. Rowling is not a perfect person. None of us are. But you have to remember that the criticism is only effective as long as it's constructive. And when it turns into this sort of like, dare I say, hateful vitriol that it has turned into over the course of the last week you're not accomplishing anything Mackenzie said i think as a fandom we need to let her story flourish the way she intends yeah crimes of grindelwald as a movie was confusing but as a story was fascinating i think giving feedback on the movie is one thing but let her finish the story before we judge it that's a good point doug says i just want her to be able to fulfill her vision of fantastic beasts unrestrained from studio demands and even us her devoted fan base in a five-movie series, it has to be difficult to make each one interesting as a standalone film. I have faith that she will come through with a great experience if she is allowed to do the entire series her way. Camilla says, I know what I want from the fandom to calm the F down. Not everything has to be an outrage. And at this point, <laughs> it feels like JKR is damned whatever she does. These were the same people who complained that Dumbledore Grindelwald's relationship wasn't explicitly gay. And when she confirms that it is, they complain that she's made the series sexual. Can't even. That's a great point, Cabela. <laughs> yeah. What is wrong was, with people? It was 14 months ago yeah. was the David Yates not explicitly gay comment. Um, just 14 short months ago. That was the controversy. Oh, my gosh. That's like I was damned if you do, damned if you right. don't. That's why I'm like, you know, keep on doing your Twitter thing, girl. But also, like, take it with a grain of salt. And at the end of the day, like, do you tell the story you meant to tell because you're never going to please everyone. And half the people on Twitter are trolls and whatever, man. It's yep. nuts. Um. Just kind of speaking of that, Michael over on uh, Patreon said quality content through Pottermore. Yep. I feel like tweets don't have enough room to supply good information. He also wants some new books in the Wizarding World, basically about anything. But uh, if he could choose, it would be the Marauders or the Founders. My dream, though, is short stories about everyday life at Hogwarts, kids going to classes, learning magic, making friends, etc. Yeah, so we've I've made that post on Patreon public, so you do not need to be a MogoCast patron who needs to update their postal address to actually read these awesome answers from people. And we'll put a link to that in the show notes so everybody can read that information. And hey, while you're over there, maybe support us. Patreon.com slash MogoCast gets you access to lots of benefits instantly, including our live streams. Thanks to everybody who's tuned in on this Thursday night. Uh, you get ad-free MuggleCast. You get the Links line. We recently renamed an old feature <laughs> to the Links line. This is your inside line to the show. We'll frequently pose questions just to you and read your answers live on air, just like this question. The Links line. Yeah. Because, Eric, why are we calling it the Links line? Well, Andrew, this should be a Quizzage question, but also it's because uh, Kingsley Shacklebolt's Patronus is a lynx, and that's the first time we see Patronuses being used as messages um, from the recipient's point of view, at least, in the book. Clever, huh? Huh? I 
love that. Yeah. 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 Uh, you also get <laughs> access to bonus MuggleCast, the physical gift every year, and the chance to co-host MuggleCast, just like Kayla is right now. So back over to Quizich. Eric, what is this week's, what was last week's question? Yeah, last week's question was, who was the Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher when Lord Voldemort uh, was in school? And do you guys know this? Professor Mary thought. I do because I saw it on Twitter. <laughs> oh, you saw it on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Well, Micah, you, you win Quizich. Congratulations. It's Galatea Mary thought. You know what's interesting about this, guys? It's actually, so it's said in the book, but it's shown somewhere different in the movie. So in the old memory with Slughorn, Tom Riddle asks Slughorn, is it true, sir, that Professor Merrythought is retiring? That actually foreshadows Tom Riddle wanting the Defense Against the Dark Arts position, which he later asks Dumbledore for. But in the book, it's just mentioned by Dumbledore as being that's the teacher at the time, whatever. So pretty cool stuff there on the screenwriter's part. Uh, People who won Quizits this year – this week include Vaping with Dad, Fluffy McNutters, Dumby the Bumblebee, some of our, our regulars here, Sarah Davis, Sarah, a.k.a. Weensy, Lara, Laura, Karen, Heather Bixler, Stacey Davis, Casper, Carolyn, Ann Slater, Peter Hobbit, and Roy Lizard. I'm sure I wrote that wrong, but uh, apologies and congratulations to everybody. Um, for getting that correct answer. Now, because we did not do chapter by chapter this week, I have another question from the upcoming chapter, uh, which is uh, Lord Voldemort's request, chapter 20. And that question is, what time of day or what specific time does Tom Riddle Jr. come calling for Hepzibah Smith? That's a Hmm. deep cut. That is a deep cut. (laughs) We will also be releasing another bonus MuggleCast this week we're going to talk about wizards unite the upcoming ios and android game because they released a big new look so we're going to talk about what we saw in these new photos and videos and early previews written by video game sites like ign kayla thank you for coming on today it was nice having you Ah, thank you so much for having me this was like so much fun i've wanted to do this forever and i just We'll take a moment to say I love this podcast so much because not only does it discuss like one of my favorite geeky topics, but it creates a sense of community around that. And I just think that is so powerful. And I know it's been a blessing in my life in times of darkness and something that I've looked forward to listening to and enjoying in times of like being lucky enough to be out of my mind busy and needing a little break and like on either end of the spectrum this podcast is just so fantastic to all of us fans who again are like in our 30s and thought there wouldn't be anything left harry pottery like this creates such a sense of community so thank you no thank you guys for doing it and for creating an opportunity for people to get involved like this has been so much fun that's very sweet. Oh, That's very that sweet. That means a lot. Thank you. And weeks like this are weeks, you know, we have to have honest conversations about the state of the fandom and, you know, the the relationship between the creator and the fandom. And that's what we're here for, Kayla. We're your Harry Potter friends. <laughs> yeah, man. It's hard to navigate yeah. those kind of big topics, but it's good to do it with 
people who you know have a shared like love and respect for Harry Potter, which is something that we all really love and cherish. So when I'm critical about Harry Potter, whether it's on Twitter or on the podcast, some people are like, you're not a fan anymore. I'm like, I podcast about Harry Potter weekly. I have tons of Harry Potter stuff all over my apartment. And I absolutely love it all. Yeah. I love rereading the books. I, I, I pre-order digital copies of these movies. <laughs> Give me a break, yeah, people. The, you know, anytime I see that, I just want to look at these people and be like, nuance is a right. thing <laughs> that you yeah. should do. Criticize. Right? Thank you. Yeah, don't simplify. In fact, the fact that I still care on this level about what everyone else might consider the minute details of this whole universe shows you that I'm an actual true fan and that I really like and how good the core story is and how much like you say we all care about it we criticize because we care we want the best for the series yeah it's like Monsters Inc we scare because we care (laughs) exactly (laughs) I do have to criticize you Kayla it's rolling like bowling not rowling JK rolling yeah we Okay, well, that makes it an easier rhyme for me. Yeah, there you go. Um, cool. That's the content I want in this world. I want J.K. Rowling to go bowling. <laughs> oh, my God. She could have a Netflix special called Rolling with Bowling. <laughs> bowling with Rolling? Yeah. Or Bowling, bowling with, with Rolling. rolling. Yeah. yeah, that's what I meant. Each time she gets a strike, she drops a new Harry Potter fact <laughs> on her or, 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 <laughs> or each time she gets a strike, somebody makes a Robert Galbraith reference. Oh clever but every time but she she doesn't usually get strikes she usually kills the spare (gasps) oh my god oh my god we're like you need to go to netflix and pitch this now that is not my joke it's not my joke oh i think the muggle cast account should tweet jk rowling and suggest this show this bowling kill the spare i mean just like hey are you sick of this fandom just like coming for you every other day like why don't you start this like non-harry potter show on netflix that just features you bowling (laughs) with different members of the cast that you've worked with over the years (gasps) hilarious all right y'all it's time to wrap it up thank you everybody for listening check out our website you can get access to our episode archive you can contact us through there you can subscribe to our patreon through there thank you everybody for listening i'm andrew i'm eric i'm micah i'm laura And I'm Kayla. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.